Hi, I'm Adam Burton, the pastor at Central Baptist Church. Thank you for checking out this sermon. I pray that it encourages you and helps you to grow closer to Jesus. While as grateful as I am for you, please don't allow this message to keep you from connecting with a local church. If you're in our area, we would love for you to check us out at Central Baptist Church. God bless. Are you the kind of person that... uh, seeks out advice from other people, or are are you the type of person that people come to you to give them advice? I found that that most people tend to be one or the the other. You know, you're always unsure. Maybe you always are asking questions about, you know what, what should I eat for dinner? Or what should I, uh, you know, do with my life? Or, you know, should I date or marry this person? Or, uh, you know, what should I do with my, my career? I always find people ask these questions. You know, I think sometimes for different reasons. Sometimes they're just insecure. They just just, or just don't know what to do. And I find that, that they tend to be that way with about everything, whether it's a big decision or, or a little decision. Sometimes, you know what, they're, um, be honest, maybe be a little lazy. They just don't want to take the time to figure things out. Sometimes, you know what, the best way to learn is not to ask somebody, but is just to Mess with things yourself. Are you a, a tinkerer kind of a deal? And, but then sometimes, you know, you're, the, the, you're the, on the other side. You're the kind of person that, that people seek you out. And, you know, and I, you know, if you're that kind of person, I think there's a good reason why they do that. You're usually a good listener. Right? Maybe you're not one quick to cast a judgment. And to be honest, you're, you know, you got a pretty good track record as being level-headed and, and giving good advice. But... You know, if you're always the advice giver, sometimes it can get a little tiring. <laughs> you know, to hear about people's problems time and time again, and even more frustrating when you do give advice and they rarely take it because people end up doing what they want to do regardless of the advice that they are given. Well, this morning, our message is titled, Our Wonderful Counselor. We're going to look at how Jesus is not just one that we can go and give, seek advice from and gives it, but he is the wonderful counselor, unlike anybody else on the face of this earth. If you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Isaiah this morning, Isaiah chapter 9, and we'll be floating around a few passages in the New Testament this morning as well. Isaiah chapter 9. We read these words of the prophet. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. Oh, they rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke 
of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken on the day of Midian. For the every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For unto us the child is born. To us a savior or a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. May God bless the reading of his holy word. Would you pray with me? Almighty Father, we come to you. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray, God, that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive your word this morning. Convict us where we need to be convicted. Encourage us where we need to be encouraged. But most of all, draw us close to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our wonderful counselor. You know, there are different things that we can look at that that would make up a counselor to give them this uh, title. But, you know, if you go to your guidance counselor at at school, usually you don't go in and say, oh, hi, wonderful counselor, please give me some sage advice this morning. Or, Or you go to a friend and say, oh, wonderful counselor, please help me with this problem or even if you go seek a professional marriage counselor or therapist, you don't say, oh, man, they were just wonderful. So what is it that makes Jesus the wonderful counselor? Well, that's what we are going to explore this morning. And in fact, the, this word of wonderful is, you know, it's not just a, a normal description of, of someone. It, it gives this sense of uh, this counselor being extraordinary, being special, right? being one that you can depend on, one that will never fail you. You know what I mean? How much would you accept advice if you knew that, 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 you know, it's a, that someone was to give you financial advice, some stock picks, and you knew that no matter what they said every time that you took their advice, that, you know what, that you won, that the stock would just skyrocket, well, of course you would pay almost anything to get that advice because you know that it's not just might happen or it might help you, but it is a sure thing. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus is the sure thing. He is the wonderful Counselor, And we should not only seek his advice, seek his counsel, but we should also listen and obey. To be honest, that's usually the more difficult part of it. But what are some ways that makes Jesus a, a wonderful counselor? Well, first we see that a counselor is sympathetic. Right? A counselor is 
sympathetic. If we return to the, uh, the book of Hebrews in chapter 4, we see these words. It says, Here, since then, we have a great high priest who is passed through the heavens. Jesus, he is the Son of God. So he says, Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest, right? It was Jesus who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect, right? Get it? Every respect has been tempted as we are. Oh, think about the greatest temptation that you've ever had. Greatest temptation. Maybe you were able to withstand that temptation and, and not sin, but maybe you did. Well, friends, the, the author of Hebrews, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, tells us that, that not only was Jesus right, tested, tempted in that respect, but he did so without sin. Just as let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive his mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, Jesus isn't the, the king that, that is just sitting on the throne that we go and we bow before and say, oh, great wise one, what would you do in this situation? And then he has to open up his, his book of counseling helps and he kind of flops through here and says, uh, yes, this is what it says you must, must do. And if you do this, then then you, you will overcome your, your problem. Or he doesn't have to go back to his group of, of counselors and say, all right, man, we got so-and-so brought us a pretty tough one today. What do you think we should tell him to do? Not only is Jesus the, the counselor who gives advice, but he does so with firsthand knowledge, even more so than your then, then you know yourself. For if we believe the word of God, and I hope we do, Jesus sympathizes with us, for he was tempted in every respect as we were. Sometimes we think that nobody gets us. Nobody understands the problems that I face. Nobody... <laughs> Nobody's had to deal with what I've had to deal with. And that may be true of you and that may be true of me. But that's not true of Jesus. A great counselor is sympathetic. So know that not only does he give advice, but he feels your pain. He knows what you've gone through. But yet he did so in a way that you did not, for he did so without sin. You wouldn't take advice of somebody who would say, yes, oh, you need to do this, you need to do this. But then you find out that, that they're not doing what they're telling you to do. They're giving in to the sin. It's in, no, because their credibility is shot, but not with Jesus. For he counsels without sin as the perfect son of God. So a counselor is sympathetic. Secondly, a counselor identifies our problem. 
A counselor identifies our problem, right? In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, it says, right, the people who walked in the darkness, they have seen the great light, who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them, this light has shone. The people, God's chosen people, the Israelites, walked in darkness because of their sin, because of their rebellion against God. The Bible tells us that we are dead in our sins. We are blinded to the very sin that we, that we commit. It doesn't mean we are not responsible, but it means that we have to look outside of ourselves in order to see the condition that we are in. And when we see the darkness of our hearts and we compare that to the light of Jesus Christ, the saying goes, it's, the contrast is day and night. We should always seek the light. And, and so the light, what does the light do? The light exposes the darkness. It exposes the sin in our hearts. It exposes our need for, for help. There's a lot of problems in the world that people are facing these days. And I think one of those that just has really been on my, uh, my mind, a burden of mine, is that of dealing with anxiety and worry. You know, recently the National Institute of Health has said that 31.1% of all adults experience some anxiety disorder during their lives. Now there's a difference between an anxiety disorder and just somebody who worries a little bit here or there. This is someone that actually needs professional help in order to, in, in order to overcome their, this, uh, this disorder. And the third... Of, of adults at some point experience anxiety in their lives. It's real. Honest, all of us have dealt with anxiety or worry. Some of us more than, than others. And, and so what does a counselor do, well, we, sometimes you may go and you say, look, I have a worry problem or Man, I'm dealing with anxiety and I'm grateful that we're able to talk about things like this the, these days because um, it can lead to far, far more um, problems such as uh, clinical depression and, and even worse. But there's sometimes when you go into a counseling session and you're like, doc, I just don't know What's going on? And then what do they do? They tell you, well, just kind of tell me some of the things that you're going through right now. You begin talking about, well, about your kids. Talk about your job. You talk about money and all. And find out that counselor says, well, do you know what? The, well, I just don't know what the problem is. It just seems like I'm in a mess. And he's, well, you've got, you're dealing with anxiety. You're this fear of knowing what is to come. And and so we see that Jesus is, as the wonderful counselor, he identifies our problem as specifically dealing with this issue of anxiety and worry. Look to the New Testament, Matthew 
chapter 6, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And, and why are you anxious? about clothing. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. What is it that Jesus tells us to to not be anxious uh, about? Does he say, well, look, hey, just don't sweat the, the little things because, look, there's bigger problems that you need to worry about than whether or not you're the restaurant's going to be packed and you're not going to be able to eat what you want. Look, none of these examples that Jesus gives here is insignificant or, or small. Jesus tells us to be anxious about nothing. Right? He says, look, uh, talks about our health, our basic needs, things like Food, shelter, and clothing. Very serious things that we have to have in order to survive. He says, don't worry about those things. Now, I want you to understand this morning that, look, I'm not giving advice. I'm not the one giving advice. Look at me, what would you think if you you were to come into a counseling session with me this morning and, and we were to sit down and I tell you, look... Look, I know the money's tight for you, but hey, don't worry about it. And then you find out that I worry about the exact same thing. Or what kind of nut job would I be if you come in and you say, look, Adam, I've got a serious sickness right now. And I look at you and I say, yeah, I mean, you know, I got you, but look, don't. Don't worry about this because look, I, look, I understand what you're going through. See, I, I've overcome sickness just like you've got it and, and you need to and you can overcome it too because look, I'm getting over a cold. You would think I'm crazy. A cold compared to a life-altering serious sickness? Look, I'm not giving advice from Adam. No, as your pastor, my job's not to give you advice be honest, I'm not sure any of us Christians in the sense should be given advice from us. There's plenty of advice out there. Whether it's the, the co-worker that's always telling you what you should or shouldn't do, or, or you turn to Facebook and Twitter, everybody's got an opinion about things. And no, my, my, my job is to preach. I think, what does it mean to preach? You know, it's 30 minutes or so on a Sunday morning. No, it's more than, than, than that. In, the, in Scripture, when, when you see the word to preach, means this, this idea of proclaiming, proclamation. And specifically, we proclaim good news. You know, it's a, 
my job's not to come up here and to, you know, to give you pointers and to, to help you to, you know, to, to, to navigate. No, my job is to proclaim to you the good news of Jesus Christ and to point you to him who is far greater than I, for he is the wonderful counselor. And that's what you're to do as well. Instead of telling people, well, I think you should do this, or you know what, it might be good if you do this, you might think, what does the Word of God say about this? Because if we believe in the authority and the inerrancy, the, the infallibility of God's Word, then why are we not pointing people to His Word? Instead of giving quick little quips, it's to dig in to proclaim the good news. But if a counselor just can sympathize with you and they are good at identifying your problem, but, but that's not enough, really, to make you a, a good counselor. In fact, really, I mean, what good is it to say, well, I understand what you're going through. This is the problem that you have, but sorry, that's all I got. No, Jesus, as the wonderful counselor, also provides a solution. He provides a solution, a pathway to restoration. And what is this? It is to seek first the kingdom of God. Look at Matthew later on in chapter 16. He says, Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Who was Solomon? The wisest man ever to walk the face of the earth. Except Jesus, of course. So Paul, Jesus is saying, not even Solomon in his glory, for we know he fell pretty hard. It's not a ray like one of these. And he says this, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying about what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For even the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you, that you need them all. Here it is. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. We are to seek first the kingdom of God. To seek first the kingdom of God. You see, the solution to our problems that we face, to our worry, to our anxiety, or blank, you throw whatever issue that you're facing this morning, is, is not so much a prescription of all the things that you need to do in order to overcome them. Rather, it's in a person. That person is Jesus Christ. Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. He says this, he says, Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God not made the foolish the wisdom of the world? See, a lot of the advice that we're given, even might think of, Good, logical, sound advice. If it goes contrary to the word of God, friends, it is not the advice you need to be heeding. 
But we ought to seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things shall be added unto us. We are to seek the wisdom of God, as Paul says here in Corinthians chapter 1. For since the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. Wisdom in itself is not going to give us knowledge of God. But it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. The big picture level of what does it take to overcome is this the gospel, the good news that, that Jesus is the great high priest. He knows what you're going through even better than you know. And, and so much of our anxiety and our worry is, is really not what we're facing today or what we faced in the past. It's what we're afraid of we might encounter in the future. But guess what? Jesus knows not only what you've gone through, what you're going through, but he knows what you will go through. And he can sympathize because he's already gone through it. (laughs) He's gone through everything that you went and he did so perfectly without sin. We're afraid of the future, but yet, we need to associate ourselves with the one who has overcome death. It doesn't get any better than that. And through our faith and trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we too will receive the glory. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he has done for us. Corey Ten Boom, missionary during the Holocaust in her later years, spent uh, time out in California. She was actually a part of uh, Pastor Chuck Swindoll's church. And Swindoll said this, uh, he said it was such a, a wonderful time having this godly woman in their midst. He said, but in these two years that she was a part of their church, they watched her slowly die. Corey Ten Boom told Swindle one time, she said this, Worry does not empty tomorrow of sorrows. It empties today of strength. Think about that. Worry does not empty tomorrow of sorrows. It empties today of strength. Friends, you may encounter suffering pain tomorrow. You may be in the midst of it today or you may have experienced it yesterday. But know this, oh, that the mercies of a God are new each and every day. For great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed All I have needed, thy hand hath provided for great is thy faithfulness. Lord, unto me. Worry does not empty tomorrow of sorrows. There will be days of crying tomorrow. But it empties today of strength. And when we seek first the kingdom of God, 
guess what? As we deplete that strength today, not our own strength, strength from above, we receive it tomorrow and the next day and the next day until the Lord calls us home or he returns. Swindoll says this, he says, what comes from humans? Because it is impossible for the Lord to experience it. I said, what is it that comes from humans that is impossible for the Lord to experience it? What is worry? What is it that brings wisdom and dispels worry? Worship. Worship is what brings us wisdom and dispels worry. One, it equips us, and that's why in your bulletin today I included our Bible reading plan for 2023. Look, friends, if you're not in the Word of God every day, it's, I mean, you're already cutting yourself off at the knees. One, because it equips us intellectually, but even more so it aligns us with the Lord spiritually. Spend time in God's Word. That's why it's so important to be in a community with the church. Don't just say, well, yes, I'm a member of the church or I belong to this church. No, how actively are you in church? How often do you come? How engaged are you when you are here? Because that is where the Lord will help dispel our worry and our anxiety. But ultimately, we do so because He is the wonderful counselor and he is worthy of our worship thank you for listening to this message to listen to other messages and to learn more about central baptist church visit our website at cbcmaysville.com